Welcome back to Point Blank, episode number 56. I'm Chantel Chan, joined alongside Akeem Haynes. Thank you so much for rocking with us. If you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. It helps the channel grow. Also, shout out to everyone that has already subscribed and like. Also, if you do have a couple of minutes, some free time, uh, leave a rate and review wherever you do get your podcast and follow us on our social media platforms. Akeem, great weekend of sports. It was a busy one. There was so much going on. What was the highlight for you this weekend sports-wise? Um, the highlight for me, you know, I'm going to say was, honestly, it was the boxing. It was uh, Caleb Plant and Anthony Durrell. Um, oh my god yeah because I just look you know Caleb Plan is a good boxer you you don't debate that but the way how he knocked out Anthony Durrell you just did not see that coming and then I mean just the whole shirt switching then the digging of the grave and putting it on just like the whole entire part of it I was like yo I've just never like, this is a different Caleb Plant but I like him what what, what was the highlight for you yeah, they were mad at Caleb Plant for doing the dig. And I didn't, I didn't mind it because if someone's talking that much smack about you and you knock them out, yo, man, you got to get out the shovel. Uh, so <laughs> so I was with well. it. Mine was definitely the boxing as well. I think it was the all-women's card for me. Um, I thought it was spectacular, like Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall. That is arguably the biggest women's fight of all time. Um, and then Alicia Baumgartner and Michaela Mayer, like controversy, right? And we're still seeing... Michaela Mayer saying, you know, she thinks she won that fight. It was just really dope because it was an all woman's card and it was amazing. And it just shows you that there is a market for it. I mean, like I was texting you during this point. Uh, my sister never really watches women's boxing. She'll watch like the big fights. Um, like she liked Mayweather a lot and stuff like that, but she was really into this fight, um, which I thought was really cool. Cause it was like an average boxing fan, um, you know, that isn't like a diehard fan can enjoy this. And it was women's boxing at its finest. Yeah. And I, I loved it. And it, it just shows uh, the future is really bright. Uh, they're superstars. And uh, it's, it's really nice to see, man, because I feel like for a long time, the UFC really had a head up on, you know, women's boxing, like the women's were killing it at UFC, but man, they're, they're making a lot of uh, headway. So it, it's, it was really nice to see and it was dope, man. And I can't see, wait to see where it is in like five years from now, but um, yeah, I'm glad to hear that you liked that knockout. Um, it was a busy weekend in sports, Akeem. We got to start off with the gridiron though. Lots to talk about the New York giants are five in one who would have thought, right. We're also going to have a segment soon called who would have thought uh, we'll do it next time. Uh, yeah. But who would have thought the New York giants were going to be five and one. Did you expect this? And are they the real deal? We were just talking about this like shortly before we started this, who would have thought not me, not you. We never even thought that they were going to be five and one. Now I'm not going to say they are the real deal yet, but I am saying they're a team that we should start to be paying attention to them a little bit more because you know, it, it, you got to find ways to win football games. And that's what they've been done. Do they have a spectacular roster? No, they don't. Do they have a tremendous amount of talent? No, I don't think so. But they are playing very well collectively as a team. I mean, Daniel, Daniel Jones is playing well. Looks like he's playing with more confidence and more maturity. He's not turning the ball over 
as much, right? He's running well. Saquon is running like his old self, like who he used to be. And finding that reassertion, the defense is getting stops at the right time and they're winning. And you got to find a ways to win those games, especially in the NFL. Now, the next four games that they play, if they win all of those games, which I mean, they should, they're not playing any crazy team, but then they'll have a rematch where they play the Cowboys, the only team that they've lost to this far. If they can find a way to win those games and play the Cowboy again and avenge that loss, well, do we consider them a favorite to make a deep run? It's still in the air. I don't think a lot of people are sold on them, but we are like, man, what, what, what are they, what do they got going on over there? You know, it's like, it's like when you're walking by, you know, when you're in high school, you used to walk by a classroom and you used to see like a classroom playing music. And it's the teacher that you didn't expect to be playing music. Now you still probably don't rock with that teacher, but you're like, yo, what's going on in that classroom? The music is looking right. And I think that's what we're seeing. It's like, man, the New York Giants, do we think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, we don't. But it's also like, wait a minute, they're five and one. So there's something going on over there. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to give it more time. So I think they have a good thing going on right now. I think they're finding ways to win football games in close range. And I think that's very important. But I'm not sold on them fully, but I am keeping a close eye on what they got going on, Chantel. What about you? What are your thoughts on them? The New York Giants, you're a New York person. Am I? No, I only like the Knicks. Uh, let's not get carried away here, Akeem, okay? Uh, but yeah, I, I look at the Giants, the coaching staff looks good. Uh, coming into this one, you know, new coach, new system. You talked about a Daniel Jones. He playing good, man. He's not turning over the ball. We're not seeing a lot of interceptions being thrown by him. The D-line. I like this D-line, man. Kayvon Thibodeau, the stud out of Oregon. You know, I love my Pac-12. Uh, Leonard Williams out of Pac-12 as well, USC. Uh, you know, uh, they got Julian Love, Xavier McKinney as well on that defense. Uh, but I really like the D-line for the Giants. And I think they're a problem, man. I think you could argue that they are one of the best D-lines in the entire league and their defense, like I talked about, you know, Xavier McKinney, like that guy is a stud too in the secondary. So I think their defense has a big part of why they're being so successful. And then you talked about Saquon Barkley, he's healthy. And when he's healthy, not only is he one of the best running backs in the league, but he's one of the most electrifying players in the league where you want to tune in and you want to watch him. So at one point, the New York giants were not must watch football right now. They are because everything's kind of working together. And this D line is just, it's looking good, man. And you talked about the next four games. I actually wrote it down. It's uh, Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, Detroit. I think they're going to lose like one of those games. There's a possibility they could lose two just because like you might, you don't know what you're going to get out of Jacksonville. And then Seattle's a tough place to play. I think they're, they'll beat Jacksonville and Seattle, Detroit, like it's kind of a toss up. They should beat Houston, but there is a chance that they could even win all four of those games, which would make them nine and one. Who would have thought, right? Then we'll do the who would have thought segment, but they look really, really good right now. Do I think that they're the real deal? I don't think they're going to win a championship this season, but I do think they could be a team that could cause some problems for other teams. Mm -hmm. Like one of those sleeper teams, right? Because if they're, if they end up winning two out of those four games, let's just say that's worst case scenario, right? And they are literally then what, like seven and three, they would be. That's still good. Yeah, still very good. Right? 10 games into the season. Like, I don't think anyone expected that. So, 
yeah, I think they're going to cause some problems in the NFC, but the future is bright in, in New York for the Giants. Um, you know, and we'll save the Jets for next week. But point blank, would love to know your what thoughts. are your thoughts on the New York Giants? Do you believe the hype? Do you believe that they're the real deal? Drop some comments in our YouTube section. You can also hit us up on Twitter and IG. You'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. Akeem, we're going to move over to college. College football rankings came out. And of course, there was a big upset. Tennessee edged out Alabama in a crazy game. Celebration gave me chills. It was awesome. Um, but most importantly, it it, it kind of changed the rankings. Well, it did change the rankings, man. Alabama is now number six. Uh, the number one seed right now in college football uh, is Georgia. Then you got Ohio State, then Tennessee, who slipped into number three then Michigan. Hmm. Uh, so we have two big 10 teams, two SEC teams, and then we got Clemson at number five, Bama at number six. Do you agree with these rankings? And do you think Bama, your alma mater, will sneak back into the playoff, college football playoff? And is there anyone that you're like, hey, man, they they might get up in there in that uh, top four that I haven't mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have any issues with the rankings as it is from one to six after the first three weeks, I remember I was watching it and I was like, man, there is, to me, there's no clear dominant team this year. I feel like, I know people think, people think Georgia is uh, that dominant team and they're number one rank, but there, there's been some games where they, one of those games, they barely won against a team that wasn't that, that, that good. And so I don't think there's one team ahead of any other team by a whole lot. You know I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think this is as close as a year for anybody than it's ever been in quite some time. Usually we see Alabama or Georgia or one of the other schools dominant, clear cut number one. And like, okay, this team is above all of them, but every team has weaknesses. Ohio state will always be able to put up points. And I think that's why they are always there. I mean, their first game was against Notre Dame and they won 21, 10 when they are playing out in front and they have the lead, it's very hard for them to, allow a team to creep back in, but when they don't have the lead and they got to fight for it, it makes things a lot harder uh, for them. So them at number two, I don't have any problems with that. What's, what's Tennessee again? Are they, are they three? three? Tennessee, what makes them such a special team this year to me is the fact that they have all these weapons, but also how well Hendon Hooker is playing. I mean, to me, he's the guy who is the Heisman runner right now, number one, because of what he's been able to do. No one really thought that Tennessee was going to be where they are right now. And if you are, well, you're probably an extreme optimist and you really believe, right? Or you're a little bit naive. But when you look on paper and see how it is, you're like, wait a minute, this team is a very talented team. And I have to say, Hendon Hooker is a big part of why uh, they're so dominant and have been having success. I mean, look at what they were able to do against the Alabama team. Right. Alabama team who doesn't have as much weapons as they've had in previous before, but their past defense has been a little bit suspect over the years. And Hendon Hooker kind of exposed that a little bit. So no problem with them at three. You said four was Michigan. Um, Big win against Penn State. I mean, they had a very strong second half and they're always a well-coached team as long as they run the ball. That's a team that really puts themselves in a good position to win. I think two of their running backs had over 150 yards. I mean, if you have two running backs, that talent, that scaled over a hundred. Yeah. Like there's a good chance you're going to get whatever you want because you're going to try to stop the run. And then it opens up the passing game. So I think they're a very complete team. No issues with them at number four. Now, number five, 
Clemson, I'm not sure about them. Not sold on them just yet. I think that might be the questionable one for me. I know they play Syracuse, what, this week or maybe the following? Yeah, that's a massive game because Syracuse has looked good too. If they beat Syracuse convincingly, okay, well, then I can say, you know what, they deserve to be there, but they haven't played anybody yet that makes me say, oh, they're a number five team. Now, at Alabama at number six, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> again, as I said, I just don't think this is a year where they are going to have to find a way together to come together collectively and make a way and find a way to win because they're not as explosive. I mean, Gibbs, finally, you see him start to get into his routine in himself. But apart from that, I mean, they're pretty spread out about, they have a young team, not a lot of experience. But I will say if Bryce Young was not in that game, it would have been a complete blowout. And that goes to show how good and smart Bryce Young is. So for me, from one to six, I don't have a problem with it. Number five, that Clemson, maybe maybe you put Alabama five because they've played better teams. Maybe you put Clemson six, but I don't have a problem with the standings as is. So for me, Chantel, I'm good with it. What were your thoughts? Do you have another team that's not in the top six that you think will sneak in? And do you think Bama will get back into the college football playoff? Yeah, I think I think Bama will uh, because their schedule, I mean, the SEC schedule is so tough. You know, and and I think that they will because usually when they lose, they usually get better. And I think also, too, it's a testament of they had, what, over 100 and something yards of penalties. And any other team with that much amount of penalties would have got blown out by like 20, 30 points. But the fact that even with the penalties, they only lost by, what, a field goal, it goes to show that, man, if they clean that up and become a more disciplined team as we are accustomed to seeing that team, then maybe they get themselves back in a position. I do think they'll finish the season top four just because how tough the schedule is and who they play. Um, do I think anybody will creep in? I'd, I'd really have to go back and look at that one, Chantel. Do you, uh, do you have the list in front of you right now by any chance? Um, no, I do not. But I just I, I just figured, like, you might have a team that might sneak in. I think uh, – Ole Miss is seven. TCU is number eight. Also, UCLA might be in the top uh, ten. Um, so it's kind it's kind of interesting so to see would, what might happen. But yeah, yeah, I would I would I would take that Ole Miss team to sneak in there and to knock Clemson out. Ole Smith, Ole Miss is playing really good football, man. Lane Kiffin's got those guys believing in what they can do. So I could see Ole Miss sneaking in. They also have a couple tough games ahead of them, but. I think Ole Miss could sneak in there for a top six, a top five before the years and biting, you know, even if they lose, I, it's, it's, it's not out of the ordinary that you might see a couple teams in there, but I'm still not really sold on UCLA. Um, for me, USC, I wasn't, uh, they got upset. Caleb Williams playing ridiculous though. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought you, you, USC would get up in there, but after losing that game against the youth, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes it tough. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see what's going to happen in this college football race. But um, I do like the fact that you said Ole Miss, because that's the team I think that could sneak into the college football playoff. They are playing LSU and Bama though for their next two yeah. games. So yeah. those are massive games. And even when they do play Bama, I think they're going to take like a heartbreaking loss. Uh, but this is a team that I was really excited for because Jackson Dart transferred from USC. No, I follow the Pac-12 really like a lot. So I was happy about that. Zach Evans rolled in from TCU. Uh, I love Cedric Johnson on defense, Tavius Robinson. Like 
they have a good defense as well. And I think Ole Miss is going to be a sleeper this year. If they can beat LSU, which LSU did like, they just won a game. They're feeling good about themselves. Um, that's going to be a tough one though. And if they are able to, like, I don't know if they're going to be Bama man. I think that's gonna be a heartbreaking loss for them. But even then Ole Miss could end up 11 and one. Yeah. So I, I'm taking a look at the college football playoff, um, you know, and going back to Georgia, like Georgia right now is number one. And th there's a reason why they're number one. And I think a lot of people kind of overlooked them coming into this season because of all the players they lost on defense to the NFL draft, but they picked up right where they left off. And I do think they're going to meet Alabama in the SEC championship because I think Bama is still going to win the SEC West. Um, and if they beat out Georgia, then they're automatically into the college football playoff, which means there's still a chance. So, you know, Nick Saban is, doesn't have to dye any more of his hairs uh, from the stress because they're going to be able to get in. I, I do think they're going to be able to do it because, like you said, they get better each and every time. I love this Tennessee team. Like I was like, I kind of texted Akeem before just to talk trash because his wife is also a lady bull. Um, and I was like, yo, they're going to lose. Cause I've always liked uh, Tennessee cause Alan Houston played basketball there, but that's a different story. Um, but um, yeah, hookers look solid, man. Like Heisman, like he is definitely the number one right now, the way that he's playing Tennessee is in the college football playoff today. They beat Alabama. That's crazy to me. I thought they'd be in the top 10. I didn't think possibly could they get in um but i love this defense as well juan mitchell uh tyler baron Char christian charles omari thomas uh i love jabari small and some i'm just waiting for him every time to make a big run because that's what jabari small does so this is a tennessee team mad weapons you talked about um ohio state ohio state's always going to put up numbers man they're always going to be one of the best teams in the big 10 michigan makes it interesting though because Michigan, you talked about their, you know, two-back tandem, Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum. Whew, they went off. They run the ball, which means that you have to make J.J. McCarthy throw the ball. Make him throw the ball because as a wide receiver, I think the most yardage he had was like 47 yards or something. So they like to run the ball. That big game is going to be Michigan-Ohio State, and it is every year. Mm -hmm. One of these teams is going to have a loss. And that's what brings me to this, because if Georgia is 11-1, and one, Alabama is 11 and one say Tennessee loses a game. Say they go 11 and one, right? Ole Miss is 11 and one. I'm not saying it's going to be all sec playoff, but these Could are be. four really good teams. Um, I think a big 10 team gets in there regardless because the committee is so biased, but I, I'm just saying someone's going to get left out and I, I don't know who it's going to be, but I think Ole Miss can get up in there and it, it's hard to say that. Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee are not going to be in the playoff. Yeah. Like I, 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 like I, it's hard for me to say that because I even want to throw Ole Miss in there. To be honest with you, I don't believe in Clemson. I hate to say it, um, but I, either Ohio State and Michigan will get in, but the three other spots, I'm going to be honest, should be SEC teams. It's I, it's tough not to pick the SEC because look, like their schedule. There's just so many good teams there, and so for me, the wins mean a lot more than when you're playing what, like a Furman, like a Furman college, right? Like who's, who's, yeah. really, it's just different. So I'm not mad at that, Chantel. I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. We could see four SEC teams there. I, I would be into it. Like I, I would be into it because I don't want one of those SEC teams, like an old Miss to not make it. Like if they beat LSU and they take Bama to the wire and say they lose by field goal, you're going to tell me that Clemson is better than that old Miss team? 
that's this is why they're expanding the college playoff and they should because it's it's not fair we've seen teams make the college playoff and then it'd be a blowout and i yeah. hate to see it but it was against some of those pac-12 teams um <laughs> you know so it'll be interesting to see what sec teams make it but shout out to tennessee uh because they balled out this weekend and that was probably one of the best football games i've seen all year long um but Point Blank would love to know who you have making the college football playoff right now, early predictions. And also, do you agree with the top four? Drop some comments in our YouTube section. You can also hit us up on Twitter and IG, and you'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. As we go over to the hardwood, Chantel, the season starts tomorrow, the NBA season. And, you know, we always like to give our early predictions of everything. So when the <laughs> time does come, then we can go back and say, you know what? We told you so. It doesn't always work out like that, but there are some times that we have gotten it right. So let's do this, Chantel. Let's go one at a one. You go, then I'll go, then we'll go down the list of what we have. Let's start with the NBA finals, Chantel. Ooh. Who is making the finals from your perspective? Okay, so I know the Golden State Warriors won last year, but there's drama this year, man. And I mean, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, uh, that is no sucker stuff. Uh, I think that's going to affect them later on when it comes to postseason. I think Jordan Poole, we'll get into six man of the year and all that. But I'm going to go against the Warriors and I'm taking the Clippers to come out of the Western Conference because the Clippers are healthy and they are stacked. They have the most depth in the NBA. Um, you know, John Wall and Reggie Jackson are a great, backcourt and John Wall is apparently coming off the bench to start the season, but it doesn't mean that he's going to be on the bench at the end of the year, because I think if he's playing healthy, he is going to be one of the best two-way players in the league again, because he's capable of doing that. And one time that's what we were saying he was doing. Kawhi is healthy. PG is healthy. They have so many pieces on this team. They can score. They play really good defense. I have the Clippers going from the West, from the East, I'm not riding with the Celtics. I think they're the favorite to make it, but I think that Udoka situation is, it's a serious matter, man. And Rob Williams is also out for the beginning of the season. So what's their depth look like at center? You know what I'm saying? So I'm not rocking with the Celtics. And this was kind of hard for me to say, but I actually, I like Brooklyn. Like, am I crazy? I, I like Brooklyn because if Kyrie plays more and KD is healthy, like they're unstoppable. I like the Ben Simmons edition. I know people aren't rocking with it, but I really like Ben Simmons. And I think he's such a great perimeter defender. He doesn't shoot the ball a lot, but who cares? He'll pick that up. Probably. Um, I think people need to stop sleeping on him. And yeah, that's my final man. I also like the TJ Warren pickup. Hmm. That was massive. Um, balled out, of course, in the bubble. Uh, didn't play the whole year for Indiana. That one's going to be a big pickup for them. So that's who I have into the finals. What about you, Akeem? Who do you have? And then we'll give our winners after. Yeah, so I am with you when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. You know, look, Ben Simmons, he, if he chooses to be aggressive in the game, the man can score points. I think he had like 42 points in his career high. You don't get 40 points just by not being able to to, to put the ball inside the net. Not the best shooter. It'll happen. You st I think that will be able to grow as he does, right? But I think this man does a lot more than that, right? I think, I think he can get a triple-double every game if he really aims for it. And so I think he eases up a lot of that stuff. When you have Kyrie 
say Kyrie comes in, he scores 25 points. Say we'll say it modestly, KD comes in and scores 25 points, even though KD's average is about 27, 28 during his career. But say he goes to 25, well, that's 50 points. You get Seth Curry in, Seth will give you maybe 12 to 15. You have Joe Harris in the regular season. Joe Harris gives you 12, whatever points that he does. You know, you have Nick Claxton, who I like, who can score, who can defend. They have a very good team around them and a good solid piece. So all they have to do, one, is stay healthy. And then the other thing is making sure that all of the friction does not let it get into the court. So far, we haven't seen it. I think they are playing very well and they haven't hit their stride yet. So I think on paper right now, as we look, plus anytime you have KD and Kyrie, you're a contender, even if you don't have the pieces this year, if they're going to win Chantel, I think it's this year that they had that opportunity. Now on the other side, for me, it was a mix up between the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzly team is young. They're explosive. They're getting better. They're getting more confident, but they are playing together every single year and they're getting better and better and better. And John Morant, yeah, he was what the most improved player of the year. But to me, when you score 27 points, seven assists, six boards, you're not no most improved. You're an MVP candidate, in my opinion. And I think he will continue to pick up where he left off. Warriors, man. Yeah, I know the whole Draymond situation, but ah, man, whenever you have Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole coming into the, the man that he is now, Kaminga as well, too. All these different pieces, man, and they know how to play together as a team. They're playing unselfish basketball. They always have. It's just hard to go against them. And so if they're healthy, it's hard to not think that they won't be there. I'm not saying the Clippers won't have an opportunity. They have the talent, probably the deepest roster but they haven't played together as much as the Warriors have. And continuity in the playoffs plays a big role, in my opinion. The next question, Chantel, who wins? I got the Clippers winning the NBA championship. They might clip, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hill I'm waiting, oh, I'm willing to die on just because I think Kawhi is healthy. And when he's healthy, like, he's kind of unstoppable because he's a great two-way player. They play good defensively. And I'm also banking on just the depth of the Clippers and yeah, like, of course the Warriors have a chance, but that's just like the easy pick uh, to go with the Warriors. Cause they are so good and they do have depth as well. Like Wiseman's going to be back. Like this is crazy, but I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll with the Clippers. What about you? Who do you got? I got the Slim Reaper in the Brooklyn Nets until Kevin Durant's going to go into that final and score 35 points per game because he's like, I'm not probably going to Against the Warriors? Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. I would love that. Could you imagine? There's, there's animosity. There's history. Kevin Gar uh, KD's been seeing all of the Twitter stuff. You know, he's heavy on Twitter. He's ready to say, you know what? The Twitter fingers are starting to turn into jump shots and the Brooklyn Nets win, and then they all disperse into <laughs> other teams. But Bell yeah. has the Clippers winning. I have the Brooklyn Nets winning it all. Who are your thoughts? Who do you have winning the NBA Finals this year? Okay, Chantel, let's go over to the next thing that we're talking about, which is this year's NBA MVP. Who do you have and why? I have Kevin Durant. We just kind of talked about him right now. He's playing with so much juice this season, knowing that the Warriors won it last season. Everyone's talking bad on his name, actually, saying the Warriors won it without him. Katie has a lot to prove this season, man, because there's so many people doubting him. But when he's healthy, he is 
in my opinion, the best player in the NBA. He's going to have Kyrie, who's going to play more games because now the vaccine thing isn't so much of an issue. And the Brooklyn Nets do have the pieces around him. I think he's motivated more than ever this season, and I think he's going to be a problem. So I got Kevin Durant winning MVP this season. What about you? Yeah, you know, I'm a Kevin Durant guy, and I like that pick, Chantel. But I'm going with the MVP this season for me, Luka Doncic. He's been playing great since he got to the league, but his team not so much. I think the addition of Christian Wood will help in a lot of those categories. I mean, Luka, Luka Doncic, every for the past three years, he's been averaging almost a triple-double. And I just think it's hard to deny those numbers year after year after year. So I think this is the year. And I also saw some of the pictures, saw some interviews. He looks yeah. like he is coming in in shape this year for the first time. Usually he plays himself in shape, but in, but in out of shape, Luca is doing damage like that. I wonder what an in shape Luca will look like. And that's why I think he wins MVP this year. Point blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you have winning MVP in this year's NBA season? Let us know in the comment section below. Let's keep things going, Chantel. Let's go down to the rookie of the year. An interesting matchup. What do you think? Who do you think is the rookie of the year this year, Chantel? Who do you got taking that category? Listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to have two picks. Okay. One of them is for sure. And the other one's a sleeper. Paulo Bancaro, it is his award to lose uh, with Chet Holmgren, of course, being out for the whole entire year. But also I think he's the most ready NBA ready. And we've kind of already seen flashes of that. He balled out in the tournament. Of course, Duke didn't go all the way, but I thought he played very well all around offensively. He is gifted. And I think he is the favorite to win it for a reason. He's also paired up with Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. This is an Orlando team that has a lot of young talent. And if they can win some games and get it going, like Paulo Bancaro is going to catch a lot of eyes. The sleeper that I like is Tari Eason who mm. plays for Houston. This guy uh, used to play for the Cincinnati Bearcats, went to LSU. Uh, he was drafted 17th overall. He does so many things well. He's averaging 17 and 10 in about almost close to two steals. When he's not getting buckets and getting rebounds, the dude's playing defense. And with Tate being out for Houston for a little while, I think Tari Eason's going to get a lot of playing time, which is why I drafted him in my draft. Um, but I think he's going to ball out and he's going to be one of the best stories this season in the NBA at, for rookies, actually. So those are my two picks. What about you, Akeem? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with uh, Bunkero as well, too, Chantel, just because like he's in the perfect situation where he can thrive. You know what I'm saying? He's going to come in. He's going to get a lot of playing time. He's going to start. I'm pretty sure. Right. But he's coming in and, 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 and he has an opportunity to take over a team that doesn't really have a quite the leader yet. I mean, Cole Anthony has been playing very well, right? But you look at his numbers in the preseason, 15.6 boards, average three, three assists, 43% from the field. And he's what, not what is it, 18, 19 years old, right? Yeah. He's at an age where he's going to continue to get better. And it does help when you're 6'10 as well. But I just think the more you get to play, the more you get to be seen, the more you get to develop, it's hard to not think that he's not going to win that award. You know, so for me, I think I, I have Boncaro winning that one as well. Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you have winning Rookie of the Year this year? Let us know in the con comment section below. Six Man of the Year, Chantel. An award that has really started to get more of an appreciation over these past couple of years. Who do you have winning that one and why? All right, so I'm going to go with a little bit of a sleeper pick. Um, and I'm not going to say Derek Rose, even though I want to. 
Um, I'm going to go with Tyus Jones of the Memphis Grizzlies because we talked about how all lies are going to be on the Memphis Grizzlies. You talked about it. You got them going actually pretty far, Akeem, this season. I do as well. But Tyus Jones, he runs the second unit really well. And they were the second highest scoring team last year in Memphis. Um, and Tyus Jones also... I think John Moran is going to miss some games. Hopefully not, but he did last season and Tyus Jones stepped in and they were still winning games. He does so many things. Well, he facilitates the ball really well. He hits a big bucket when he has to. So my pick for sixth man of the year is Tyus Jones. Cause I think he's going to ball out this season. What about you, Akeem? I'm also going to go with the sleeper Chantel. I know the, the, the odds would probably say Jordan Poole or Tyler hero, but I'm actually going to go with Spencer Dinwiddie in this one. I think he gives Luca a lot of relief. Right. He goes in. This is a guy who can score the ball. This guy who can shoot the ball. This is a guy who went back to Brooklyn and nailed the game winning shot against his former team. He'd done that a couple times at season last year. So I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to come in and really give someone another opportunity to be able to say, you know what, even if Luca is hurt or Luca isn't in shape just yet, we can have someone who can still give us 15, 18 points per game and still help us run the offense and facilitate the ball. So I'm going with the sleeper in Spencer Dinwiddie winning the sixth man of the year. Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you have winning sixth man of the year? Let us know in the comments section below. Defensive player of the year, Chantel. You've been very high on defense, always been. <laughs> who do you have winning this year's award? All right, I'm not going with Rudy Gobert. I think he's the favorite, but I just can't rock with him. He doesn't play in the playoffs at the in crunch time. <laughs> no, but also I think he's going to have to share the load with Cat, right? Um, I'm actually going with Mikhail Bridges. Last year, he was the runner up in voting. And this season, I think he's going to have just as big as an impact. I know there's some drama going on in Phoenix with uh, DeAndre Ayton and their head coach, Monty Williams. But Mikhail Bridges is that one solid piece defensively that really neutralizes everything. He's a lockdown defender. He can guard any position you want him to. And he's consistently doing that every night, usually guarding the best player on the opposing team. So I'm rolling with Mikhail Bridges. What about you? Man, it's 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 very hard not to go against um, Rudy Gobert. He's done it so much. I mean, Marcus Smart last year as well, too. Um, I'm having a tough one with this Chantel because my mind is saying go with Rudy Gobert, but my heart is saying go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. And yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Giannis Chantel because I think Giannis, I mean, he always plays with a chip on his shoulder, always with a chip on his edge, but I think he's a little bit hurt by what happened last year, you know, and I think he's going to come out and I think defensively on the other side, he's going to put up same similar numbers but I think he is going to double down a lot more defensively, Chantel. And I think the blocks are going to go from two to three. I think is going to be able to steal the ball a little bit more. So I'm going with Giannis to win defensive player of the year. Obviously, the safe bet is to go with Rudy Gobert, but he's also like seven three. I mean, this is a, that's 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 as safe as a bet as going with Deontay Wilder winning a fight by knockout. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. for me, I'm going with Giannis uh, to win Defensive Player of the Year. Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you have winning this year's Defensive Player of the Year? Let us know in the comment section below. Before we close out, Chantel, we got to talk a little bit of motivation, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of perspective and talk about the word of the week this week, which is motive. When motive comes to mind, Chantel, what does it make you think of? 
it honestly makes me think of, it's like a spark plug for me, right? Because motivation and having a motive helps you probably achieve things that you have set on your goal list. So when I think about motive, it's something that pushes me to the extreme that makes me want to go at it even harder each and every time. And it's also something that you can have in the back of your mind. If you're feeling down about something, if you're trying to accomplish something or get to a specific goal, remember why you started doing that in the first place. Sometimes in life, we go through, sometimes we try to fight the current instead of going with the current. And sometimes we have so much going on that we forget the reasons why we're doing something. And that's because life can get the best of you. And I think that's when you have to take a moment and go back and think about why you wanted to do it in the first place, because that's going to inspire you to get back to what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. So that's what I think when I hear the word motive. What about you, Akeem? Yeah, just to back back off the sentiments you just said, man, I just think motive is one of those things where it really makes you go down to uh, where's the direction that I want to go with this. Right. And when you think about the direction that you want to go in, it has to come with a strong enough source and reasoning to keep going to make to help you get there. So when you're thinking about what's the move or what's the motive, right, it's making sure that it is what it is that you want to do, not your parents, not your friends, not your aunts, not your uncles. But what is the motive behind why you want to move in a certain direction? Because if you don't have a strong enough reason or why you want to go in this direction, you probably should be still and take time to really figure that out. So motive means being intentional with the direction that you want to go in. And it's very important that you go in with the right motive, a genuine motive, a pure motive, and not something to say, not something that will make you regret why you did it or why you wasted time doing it or why you put time towards and invested that you make sure that your motive is sound, pure, authentic, and most importantly, true to yourself. What does motive mean to you when you hear the word motive? Let us know in the comment section below. Before we go, just want to thank every single person that continues to tune in each week and continues to support the show. We definitely like to hear your comments, your thoughts. Uh, whenever you do, take the opportunity to share. Also, if you are listening to the audio version, if you can do us a huge favor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Chartable.com, Apple iTunes, just leave a quick rating and review of the show. It truly goes a long way. It takes like three, four minutes, and it truly does make an impact on this show. So definitely subscribe, share with a friend, tell them to subscribe as we continue moving and growing the channel forward. So with all that being said, I'm Keem Haynes. I'm Chantel Chance. And this is Point Blank. And we will see you next week.